Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mana and Coffee. I am your host, Henry Hollow. Glad that you've carved out a few minutes to join us today. Uh, I hope that you find a little bit of mana, just enough for today, that you take the opportunity here to listen, to reflect on life, on scripture, on the convergence of the two, and what it means for us living in this crazy, messy world. Uh, I pray that you are willing to wonder, to question, to struggle, to be honest with yourself, um, and in this time, uh, find a little bit of hope, a little bit of nourishment as we journey forward together um, in faith. Quick uh, announcement on the front end of today's podcast. You may have noticed I missed uh, a day yesterday. I missed a day last week. Um, I guess when I undertook this project just kind of as a way of staying engaged with um, people and encouraging study and reflection every day, I didn't necessarily uh, pay attention to how monumental a task it would be to um process through and record and edit and do, you know, even these short 10-minute episodes each day uh, during the week. So, um, I'm going to continue to try to do one each weekday, but um, go ahead and don't be surprised if I miss a day uh, or so each week, and I may hit Monday through Friday um, most weeks, but I may... Um, may only do four days one week. I may have a week where with everything else I have going on, I may only get three. Uh, my apologies if you look forward to these as a way to kind of, um, you know, process through each day. Um, but that's going to be my game plan moving forward. Um, and then once, uh, restrictions begin to ease up where I'm at and I'm able to, uh, kind of do more of my in-person work each day with members of my church. Um, I'll probably dial this back to, uh, two to three times a week. Um, so just, just plenty of heads up. That's still weeks out at this point, but uh, just trying to process through the best way to do this. All right. I uh, hope that serves as a, a decent, uh, update on where we are at. Hope everybody who is listening is doing well. Um, I uh, had, an <clears throat> had an interesting day today, but it ended with at least a little bit of humor. Um, there's a fairly well-known theologian that said some dumb stuff on Twitter today, um, and he got ratioed like crazy, um, which means uh, if you looked at the comments uh, feedback on his Twitter feed, the uh, vast majority of people were slamming him for... Uh, what he said, including a number of other well-known theologians. And if you can get theologians to agree on something, and it's that what you said was dumb, you've probably said something dumb. Um, And so he did the only thing that you would expect somebody to do in that situation when being called out by so many people for saying something so incredibly off-base. He doubled down, and then he doubled down again. And I was talking with some friends about it, and I made a comment um, to the effect of the, the whole... A day of tweets that he sent out had an I say when I drink what I think when I'm sober feel to it. Uh, and then I, I 
you know, that, that got us to a point where we were talking about other stuff that has intoxicating effects. And I commented that certainty has an intoxicating effect all its own. And I think it may be that simple for what's happened. He's certain that he's right. And therefore, no amount of feedback or requests for further processing from anybody, no matter who they are, uh, is going to get him to do that. And I wonder if one of the uh, phrases our culture has lost that we desperately need to regain is, um, well, it was a song put out by an artist named Derek Webb a number of years ago. I was wrong, and I'm sorry. I love you was the third line, but even just the phrases, I'm wrong, uh, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I think would do us some good. If you flip through the pages of the Gospels, you come to the conclusion that certainty often leads people astray. By the time we get to uh, the, towards the end of the Gospel of Matthew, we get to Matthew chapter 23, we get a, a series of pronunciations against legal experts and Pharisees by Jesus. He's speaking to a crowd, and it starts with this phrase. <coughs> sorry about that. I'm sorry. I, I promise you I'm not sick. It starts with this phrase. The legal experts and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, you must take care to do everything they say, but do not do what they do. And then he goes through kind of statement after statement after statement. How terrible it will be for you. Woe to you. How terrible it will be. How terrible it will be. How terrible it will be for you. Legal experts, Pharisees, hypocrites. And if you know what you're reading, he's going through the way in which they function with certainty that they have the law figured out. Um, that they've got it, <clears throat> or at least a system in place to have it mastered. Maybe that's a decent way to say it. Um, and by the time you reach kind of the end of this series, you, just a couple left, you get to verse 27 of chapter 23. How terrible it will be for you, legal experts and Pharisees, hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. They look beautiful on the outside. But inside they are full of dead bones and all kind of filth. In the same way, you look righteous to people. But inside you are full of pretense and rebellion. And I think that's... I think that's a real struggle. I'm not going to pretend for a second that it isn't. Um, and I think we need to do a good job of paying attention to the tension that exists between, and it exists, I think, in all of us, how we want to be viewed um, by others who are around us and um, why, we're, why we're doing the things that we're doing. So for the people who Jesus is attacking at this point, it is obvious that um, their certainty in uh, what they have, um, their certainty in their understanding of God and the law is not really oriented towards God. It is instead oriented towards um, the people who are around them in order to get the best name, have the best influence, be viewed in the best light. 
And I think the modern equivalent of that could be spelled out in a number of different ways. Having the, um, you know, best Christian bumper sticker or um, the most uh, Jesus-y looking Facebook feed or however you want to define that. Whereas what we're doing is trying to look a certain way for the sake of looking a certain way. And that's what you do when you're certain that you've got everything else figured out. You worry about how it looks. And maybe that's not the only time, and maybe that's not the only reason, but as I think about what it looks like to um, manicure a Christian image and sit back and spout certainties as as if you've got things completely sorted, and then the moment that anything nudges the foundation, it falls apart which is what we get to with Jesus and the Pharisees along the way. Jesus goes to, to push back a little bit and they, you know, flee or become so uh, ang- enraged that they decide that death is the right solution to Jesus, their problem. Um, when we, <laughs> those reveal a certain thing about us. They reveal what we truly care about. They, review, they reveal what we are truly certain of. And by that, I mean they reveal what we truly have faith in. And at some point, it's that we have faith in our ability to get it right, our ability to figure it out, our ability to have all the answers. And as soon as you plant yourself in that place, what you have essentially done is named yourself God. And there is no longer any need for God in your life because what you have is better. You have certainty. You have answers. That was never the way that this was supposed to work. And so Jesus looks at them and calls them whitewashed tombs, beautiful facades that house nothing. Bones, filth, cobwebs, dust, nothing. And so I think it makes sense to invite some reflection on the areas in our lives of which we carry absolute certainty. What are the things that you are so certain of um, that you leave no room for conversation, no room for questions, no room uh, for the possibility that you might not be right? And... Sure, I can understand if there are some areas that you want to hold on to um, with absolute certainty. Um, We like our certainty. But at the same time, uh, the more of those things we hold on to, uh, the more ways in which we claim that we are the absolute truth and nothing else. And I think that's a dangerous place to stand. You do that enough, you end up being a whitewashed tomb, a brood of vipers. Uh, What are some of the other things that they get called here? Um, Hypocrites. Yeah, we can just work your way through Matthew 23. You can see all sorts of titles for it. The certainty drives us to drive out others. And so, before you um, sit back and beat others over the head with all of the things that you are certain of, Take time as you read through the Gospels 
to look at the ways in which those around Jesus, friend and foe, follower and Pharisee, stumbled over their certainty along the way. It is true for all of them. And if it's true for all of them, then how could it not be true for us? Well, because of the announcement, today's ran a little long, so uh, my apologies if you didn't speed it up along the way to uh, listen to my voice maybe less time than you should have. Um, I will be back, and we will continue on tomorrow. God bless. Go in peace.